from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So, um, what do we do now? Hockey season? All in on the uh, all in on the draft for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers. They added a wide receiver. They got Thielen. The Panthers have been very busy, but are you suggesting that we can't follow the Sweet Sixteen or take no, an interest no. in it now? No, that that's a wrap. It's a wrap. All of our teams in the, on the men's side are yeah. gone. No, it's I I, I I'm, I'm I'm joking here because some of the general attitude that I got from some of our listeners over the weekend was like, "So what the hell are you guys going to do now?" What do you mean, what the hell are we going to do now? The NCAA tournament's still ongoing. going to do the same thing we do every day. <laughs> NHL Combine's coming up in June. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> no, no. So, we got, there's there's plenty. There, there, there's plenty. Plus, we, we, we do have to do the post-mortem on the triangle. Um, obviously, we know North Carolina did not make the NCAA tournament. We talked about that plenty going into uh, into the first uh, into the first weekend of games, and then we actually had the games Friday. NC State season ended abruptly with a loss to Creighton. Uh, Duke made quick work of Oral Roberts on Thursday, but then they got bodied literally by Tennessee on Saturday. And I guess the the, the take the, the biggest takeaway I would say about what happened with Duke and, and what happened with NC State is that both seasons had positives to look forward to and that the NCAA tournament, unless you make it to the Sweet 16, ends real quick, real painful, and you don't know how to process what you just watched sometimes. So you want to start with the Wolfpack or you want to start with the Blue Devils? Let's start with the Wolves because okay. they only played one game and they played against the Creighton team. That is one of... One of the last pretty ball teams standing. Mm-hmm. I did think the two fouls on DJ Burns in the second half were wonky. Yeah. And I thought Burns not scoring was obviously a problem with Kalkbrenner scoring 30. So you can't get outscored at one position by 30 points. Mm-hmm. Even saying that, Creighton didn't shoot the ball well enough to pull away. NC State had a chance, but only Trevion Smith was hitting from the outside. That's a bad recipe for NC State. And I would say that that's where things kind of cooled off for the Wolfpack towards the tail end of the year. It went from a complimentary type of season for the Wolfpack where yeah, they would cobble some things together on a game by game basis. You know, if the guards weren't going, then you had DJ. If DJ mm-hmm. was, you know, if DJ was going, maybe Casey Morcel was hitting his threes. Maybe you had a random good game from Ernest Ross. Sure. Or, or or Greg Gant. You know, we saw all of this as the season kind of unfolded. They kind of brother in lawed that thing. And but by the time they they see a Creighton team, a very poised and efficient, accomplished, offensive team mm-hmm. that was going to play the way that State wants to play, you're you're gonna lose that you're gonna lose when you, you when your it. guys aren't going you're going to lose and and I didn't like the matchup going yeah. into it. I've talked a lot during this NCAA tournament about the the death of pretty basketball, and I that's what I think dovetails us nicely and transitions us to the Tennessee Duke game because. <laughs> You know I love telling people how when I'm right about things. And I'll tell you what I was right about. Bracket luck. My gosh, do you believe me now? Mm-hmm. That bracket luck is real? Mm-hmm. Dukes, the East Regional right now. Think about this. It's Madison Square Garden. It's New York City, right? They'll be fine. I get that part of it. They were thinking, you know what? We could have Duke against Kentucky. They were thinking, you know what? Even on the other side, I mean, we could have Purdue. They're the number one seed. They have this circus freak show. Nope. Center, maybe, you know, the number one player in college basketball. 
Mm. And then even even going into yesterday, they were probably thinking, yeah, but we could get all of Teaneck over here to see FDU play. Mm-hmm. Nah, man. Nope. You got Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, and their mall ball. You got Kansas State, who's actually a pretty good team. And then Michigan State, Izzo. Hmm. Interesting. Another one of those coaches who seems yeah. to know yeah. how to steal games in this month. Hmm. It's weird how some of them know how to do that and some of them can't. Some uh, some some residual conversations from last Weird. week. I, I feel like we're hmm. picking up on that. I feel like we're picking up on that. Here's what I'll say about Duke. This wasn't a matter of Tennessee out-toughing Duke. I thought Duke responded. I mean, Kyle Phillip. It's not Kyle Filipowski's first Ooh. elbow to a face. Man, okay. Was, was there three in the first half to Yeah, him? Man, it was brutal. Like, Essentially, Duke's entire season has been other teams looking at them going, oh, no, we can probably bully them. And Duke saying, okay, cool, we might get knocked back, as Coach A used to say, but they would always punch back. They always would weather it. I think there are two reasons why Duke's team ultimately lost to Tennessee. The first one was attrition. Yes. You could be as tough as you possibly can. I think Duke's season showed you that in multiple instances. Resilient. Yeah. A very resilient group. A team that did not mind playing ugly. A team that did not mind getting physical with you if you tried to get physical with them. But eventually, attrition's going to get to you. So right off the bat, you're missing Mark, Mark Mitchell, Mitchell. Okay. Who's been key down the stretch. Then you get the elbow to Filipowski, which, again, that's basketball. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. There didn't need to be a call. But you get gashed. And, you know, old best cut man in the, in the league there is trying to make sure he doesn't bleed out on the court. So you're missing Filipowski for a good considerable amount of time in the first half as they're trying to stop the bleeding, literally. And then Jeremy Roach, Roach twists his foot. Twists his foot. Yeah. And then you start getting foul trouble, which Duke did get bailed out, by the way, because they ended up calling the foul on Tyrus Proctor, uh, who was all ball. That should have been Roach's fifth, but they, they, they misassigned the foul. So there was a little bit of a break there, but at that point it wasn't enough, which gets me to the other part of why Duke lost. Duke was eh when it came to the three. Just eh. Yeah, I mean, noted hockey analyst Sidney Lowe mm-hmm. is usually right in these situations. Mm-hmm. You got to make shots. You got to make shots. And Tennessee made enough of their threes to give themselves some cushion there. Yes. And really just kind of, I thought they wore Duke down. Not that Duke wasn't tough. I just felt like by no. those last 10 minutes of that game, it was a true grind. And hats off to Justin Ganey. You know, he's done a really good job at Tennessee, former NC State point guard. He did a really good job with Sean Miller out of Arizona, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not rooting for him to get the Tennessee job or for Rick Barnes to retire. But if that were to happen, I would I would be really happy for Justin to see him take over that program. Here's what I'll say, too, about what I saw from Tennessee and really probably what I saw from a good chunk of NCAA tournament games from Thursday throughout. Oh, one last point about Tennessee. They shot for the season going into that game, I think around 30% from three. If that. Yeah. If that. They weren't a great three-point <laughs> no. shooting team. They were banging and they, threes And they on. have an injury, too. They have a they significant do. injury, too. We should point that out. But they were banging threes on Duke. Oh. All right? If they like, shot over 40%, probably, was it 9 of 14 from three? Like, come on. What are you going to do? You, sometimes some it's point, your day. Right. And it was Tennessee's day, and that's why I tweeted out what I tweeted out. Hey, sometimes when they're doing that to you, not only are they being physical with you, you got the attrition and they're banging threes. Yep. Tip your cap, say good game. And retool for next season. We'll see what John Shire does. I was going to say, it's a really good season for Duke, given all of those moving parts. Of course. And to have the ACC title, to have a nice prize when you get home at the end of this year, that's something to hang your hat on. 
how will Duke change? I think John Chires already said, mm-hmm. hey, man, <laughs> you don't need to tell me twice. I'm looking around college basketball going, i got to get a little bit older. Yeah, well, and, and there's talented young players out there for sure. But you start watching you start watching Houston, you start watching Alabama, mm-hmm. you start watching some of these teams, and you're like, whoa, now, hang on. So the last point I'll make, and this is more of a larger thing for the ACC, which keeps the streak going thanks to Miami. <laughs> You did They've not had a Sweet Sixteen every year since 1980. Now I get credit for that, right? You get credit for this one. I get. Okay. We'll have to call my dad. Yeah, actually. I feel like we'll, I get we'll the blame when they lose, but I don't get any credit when they yeah, win. We'll, you know what? That, we'll call, that, that we'll doesn't call my seem dad. right. We're going to call my dad at some point today because I sent you a video yesterday yeah. from my parents where he's like, "Julio's a jinx. He's always negative." Blah 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 blah. Anyway, I think the Tennessee Duke game is the shiniest object here, but I think it 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 follows with most of what I saw over the weekend. They let them play in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. and Except for a five-minute stretch in that state-Creighton game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is what... You poor, know. poor, poor Creighton. They're going to run Princeton out of the gym mm-hmm. whenever that game is. And then Ar- Alabama is absolutely going to paste them, mm-hmm. paste mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. because Creighton does not play any defense at all. So I And feel- by the way, just one more. One more dunk for me. Yeah. I said before this bracket, once this bracket was unveiled, I said Alabama has the easiest path I've ever freaking seen. And sure enough, look who showed up yeah. in the Sweet 16 with them. Like, Nate Oates has absolutely no reason to right now already book his spot in Houston. None. He should have just looked at that bracket on Selection Sunday and said, okay, let's make sure we got this thing packed and ready to go. We get the right hotel as the number one overall seed in this tournament. I feel like... In the offices of the ACC, they're going to look at what happened in the in the NCAA tournament. They're going to look at how the SEC has played or the Big Ten plays, and they're going to say, we're going to have to call games differently. I don't think that ACC officiating, as inconsistent as it was, you could make the argument that it was a much more – they called more fouls in the ACC, or at least that's how I felt anecdotally when I was watching – I'd have to go back and look to see if that actually plays out. But based on what I saw, the ACC did not equip its teams to play the games. We saw a lot of games this season where they were just like foul, foul, foul. You know, from about you know the ten minute mark on, it was a foul fest down the Which stretch. Of course, is why they need to go to quarters. But that's a that's a topic for another. Day. It is a topic for another day. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one on one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. More great news for Cary commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away the case of the missing cat dad mug 
has been put to rest. Somebody walked home with the cat dad mug that you had got me for my birthday last year or Christmas of last year. One of those. One of those. And it, it's upsetting. I looked all over the yeah, day. There's two different dishwashers and two different kitchens in this building. Yeah. Can't find it. Gone. It's gone. Somebody walked out of here with it, and it's upsetting. So you came in today with, uh, you showered me with peanut butter mm -hmm. and a new cat mug that says meow or never. Clever cat puns yes. will never get old. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of cat uh, puns here. Meow or never. And, and I feel like after this weekend of the NCAA tournament and the way that the Sweet 16 has played out, it's meow or never <laughs> for <Ouch>. programs <laughs> to get with the program if you will. I hope, I hope that this weekend finally put to rest the idea that the NCAA tournament in some way, shape, or form can truly give you a read on the year or a coach or whatever, right? I mean, we, we spent a good chunk of time dunking on Tony Bennett last week because they got beat by uh, a 15 seed. No, no, I'm sorry, by a uh, 13, thir 13 seed by Furman. But do we want to look at Matt Painter's run, dude? It's problematic. <laughs> and but, but like Tony Bennett keeps dominating his conference. It keeps winning in his conference. Yeah. And what's funny about what happened with Fairleigh Dickinson is that they were truly the clerks of this NCAA tournament. As in, they weren't even supposed to be here. And also from New Jersey. So. And from New Jersey. Peak, peak New Jersey. Because Mary Mack had actually won their league, but they're in the, in the current state of transitioning up. So they're not available yet. It's like a four-year plan. Uh, we've seen this locally, like Central's gone through this and whatnot. Merrimack is currently going through this. So fairly, Dickinson was the representative, and they're small, okay? Mm -hmm. And they had no business Feisty. hanging with Purdue. A lot of D2 transfers that came with the coach yes. from the previous stop. Yeah. One of the great, you know— Tale as old as time, stories of March. That's what we want to see, right? Mm -hmm. We want to see the chaos of those first two rounds. But now we get to the Sweet 16. Yeah, Princeton's there, but you know we want to see the big boys. We want to see the big teams, well, and, the big names. But who's really left of those brands, right? Yeah. Because and, of how much college basketball has changed. You know, this tournament used to be pros win this tournament, mm -hmm. right? Going back to our Tony Bennett conversation, they had three NBA first-round picks on that team. Mm-hmm. It is not a coincidence that that is the one who won it for Tony Bennett. And you start looking around through the years, it's been those teams that have NBA and future NBA stars. But now with COVID and the extra year of eligibility, and not only that, but there's a whole layer of players now who don't play college basketball. Like, we're going to get to the NBA draft, and everyone knows about Victor Wembanyama, mm -hmm. but then you're going to see Scoot Henderson, you're going to see a bunch of names in that top 10, and you're going to be like, oh, did he play for... Arkansas? Nope. No. Oh, did he play for Alabama? Nope. No. No, they have. Arkansas and Alabama have projected first-round picks. Duke obviously has a, has some projected first-round picks. Derek Whitehead being but, the main one. But we're not seeing that upper echelon go and play college basketball anymore, no. which gets into one of my great thoughts of all time, and that is there's no difference between 20 and 220 of these players that are ranked coming out of high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? you got to be really discerning. And I used to give Dave Tellup a hard time about this all the time. I used to say to him, Dave, I get it. You you, you know what number one looks like. Dave Dave Tellup was, uh, or is now with the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs organization, but he used to be part of 
uh, huge into recruiting yeah, and rivals, and like and rivals, basically and started else. the recruiting racket yes. or perfected it, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, shout out to Bob Gibbons, but. I used to say to him, yeah, I get it, Dan. I know what the number one prospect looks like. But you're telling me you can tell the difference between 21 and 221. Mm-hmm. Come on. You can't. Well, that's when we were, when we were talking about Tony Bennett, uh, our guy JC had pointed out to me. He's like, yeah, but Tony Bennett's dealing with guys in the 50s and up. I'm like, yeah, but can you really tell the difference between somebody in the 55, 60 range versus somebody that's 35 or 40? Like, we're, we're really hitting hits here yep. at this point. So I do think that with COVID, transfer portal, and to your point about overtime elite prospects skipping college altogether and being top picks in the draft, you're not seeing the best of the best even playing one year of college basketball. Right. That we have to shift our thinking with the NCAA tournament, not just in who we think is going to go far. Because we saw that on display between Tennessee and Duke. Okay, That's, that's, a, that's a group of dudes that are three, four years in, into the mix in college basketball versus Duke, which is a talented group. But even that talent is different than the talent five years ago with a talent that was there in 2015 to win a national championship with Mike Krzyzewski, which did also have some veteran leadership in Quinn Cook. But if we all recognize these things to be true, then we have to change how we talk about the results of the NCAA tournament. And we have to change what is success versus what is not success. Now, making the tournament is the goal, all right? So you got to be in it to win it. So, so sh- <laughs> at the risk of pointing out the obvious. So shout out, shout out to the North Carolina fans in my mention that were like, "Were well, you going to go as hard in the paint on State and Duke after they just lost in the NCAA tournament?" Well, you see the key difference, guys, between how we talked about North Carolina preseason number one that didn't make the field versus teams that had different expectations and did make the field. Then yes, I can parse the difference between the two when we talk about them. And I think this also gets down to coaching as well. Am I trying to cape up for Tony Bennett? No, I'm not. I don't think I am. I think what I'm doing is that I'm trying to have a little bit more level-headed conversation about what happens in the NCAA tournament now. A team that is in no way, shape, or form equipped to properly crown a champion. If we cared about crowning the best team in college basketball, this is not how you do it. All right. I mean, we're actually going to see this with college football here pretty soon when we expand the college football playoff. We're going to get some more of this stuff early on in the grand scheme of things. But Furman's 13 over Virginia's 4 was not a fluke. We had two 13s beat 4s in 2021. That included uh, Ohio's win over Virginia, although that was a weird COVID year. So I'm going to kind of put an asterisk next to that one. But from 2008 through 2019, it happened 11 times, okay? And then we had Princeton over Arizona last week. There were four, there were four 15s over two upsets in the first 27 years of the expanded field. There have been seven in the last 10 tournaments. The fact that Virginia being the first team to lose as a number one seed to UMBC, a 16 seed, back in 2018, it happened pretty quickly after the fact with a team that's arguably worse than that UMBC team that beat Virginia for the reasons we just laid at the beginning of this conversation, okay? And it's kind of the point where what we consider upsets, are they really upsets anymore? I'm not talking about a 15 over a 2 or a 16 over a 1. I'm talking about a 5 over a 12. Or Michigan State over Marquette. Right. Is that an upset anymore? Not necessarily. So all of this is to say, if we recognize that the thing has changed for all these reasons and we all nod our head in agreement, like, yep, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true, then the tired tropes of how we talk about coaches and teams after they get bounced from the NCAA tournament has to change with it. I don't think that's too much to ask.
Well, it's, you're asking for nuance, though. I mean, what fun is that? Yeah, that's a good point. But to your point about Tom Izzo, I think Tom Izzo does prove a point that you were trying to make last week when it comes to Tony Bennett. I can sit here and point, well, Tom Izzo hasn't won a national championship in 23 years. However, there is a consistency when Tom Izzo gets into the NCAA tournament, and there's something to be said for that, right? When he gets a look at it, make sure he, he makes sure his teams win. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 